Sitter Snippet Series is generously sponsored by the Saka family. We've begun the second bracha of the Amidah, the bracha of Gvuros, Hashem's power. What makes him unique, distinct, what distinguishes him from everyone and everything else. And Hashem's power is captured, as we said, the Gemara Tainas and Daf Beis, the three keys he holds on to. Even though he turned over the keys, the key chain of conquering the world to us, progress and breakthrough to control, to manipulate, to conquer the world, but the keys, which really are one and the same, of conception, of sustaining life, reign, and resurrection, all life. We can't create life, sustain life, or bring life back together. And that is the theme, that is the expression of Hashem's gvura. That is the second bracha. And that's the shevach that we offer Hashem. If we want to understand before whom we stand and to whom we daven, and why we should surrender and submit and trust that He is the address to answer our needs, it's because he has gvuros. He has the gvura, tagibor liolam Hashem. His gvura, by the way, is liolam. The Eitz Yosef writes that other leaders, their power waxes and wanes. You know, the moment they're out of office, the very next day, they lose their intelligence briefings. They lose the code to the nuclear weapons. They lose all of their power. Human beings, mere mortals, we grow frail with time. We have less power. We have less wisdom. Hashem, of course, is categorically different. Atagibor, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gvura is la'olam. It doesn't fluctuate, it doesn't wax and wane. Then Ishchai writes, he doesn't ever grow old or tired. The Ribbon Shalom is infinite, omnipotent, and, per- and permanently a gibor. And how is the gvura expressed? Through the fact that he's Machayim Mesim. The Mephoshim point out that in the second bracha of the Amidah is the incredibly important recognition of the notion of immortality of the soul. Resurrection, tchiyas hamesim, means that when the neshama is extracted from the body, the neshama doesn't die, the neshama doesn't dissipate or disappear, the neshama is immortal. It has existed since the very beginning of time, and the neshama goes upstairs and reconnects to its source, to the ribona shalolam, and it's housed in the body only for a finite amount of time. We know the Gemara says that all of the neshamas that were destined to exist were created in Sheshesh during creation. Kosh Baruch has some celestial file system. And when the time is right, 40 days after conception, a Kosh Baruch reaches into a file cabinet and he places the right neshama and the right guf, puts the right soul and the right body for it to live together. The body is the instrument of the soul. 70 years, David HaMelech said, you're lucky. We've learned to expect. Life expectancy today, miraculously, just came off the holiday of miracles. Among the miracles is the life expectancy today. Not everybody makes, but we daven for, is even higher and greater than that. But it's really a very blink of an eye. In the span of eternity, 70, 80, 120 years is nothing, is nothing. And when the time is right, Kosh reaches down and he extracts the soul from that body. The Chazal call that moment, they don't call it death. We call it death, but really inappropriately so. There's no such thing as Misa, as death. Because bodies die, people don't die. Bodies wear out, neshamas never wear out. What do Chazal, what do our rabbis call that moment? Yitzias haneshama, the extraction of the soul. The soul existed before it was paired with the body. The soul exists after it is extracted from the body. And when the body no longer can be the vehicle, the instrument for the free will of the soul, the soul is extracted from the body. And the soul ascends on high where it came from as the body returns to the earth from which it was created. The more that the soul identified with the body throughout life, 
The more a person said, I am a body, I have a soul. Who am I? What you see in the mirror. The more vain a person is, the more indulgent a person is in their physical body, in their gashmis of who they are, the more painful Yitzhiyas and Neshama is when the soul is extracted from the body, that confusion, that chaos, is a moment of great pain. That's why it's brought down in Shulchan Arach Ramah. We don't leave someone alone at the end of life. When the soul is extracted from the body, and now the soul is looking at the lifeless body, it says, what happened? I thought that was me. Now it's lifeless, and yet I still exist. 70, 80, 120 years, I was indulging, I was investing, I was pampering. I thought that was me. It could be a very painful moment, and so we don't leave the soul alone in that moment. However, there were exceptions. The Ramam describes the Mornavuchim, Moshe Rabbeinu, others of our great leaders. When their soul was extracted from the body, it's not a moment of great pain. Instead, it's a moment of great bliss. What's it called? Amisas Nashika, the kiss of death. Because when you're at Sadak and you say, I'm not a body that has a soul, I'm a soul that temporarily is housed in a body. And you live a life knowing that there's nothing wrong with the body enjoying, but it's temporary. And the real us, the immortal, everlasting us, is our neshama, is our soul. So the moment the soul is now unencumbered of its body, that's a moment of bliss. So the Raman describes in detail the Misas Nashika, the description of the, the kiss of death when the soul is no longer held back. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov writes that he doesn't long for or look forward to. We don't glorify death. But he says, you know, the same way, at least most normal people get to come home at the end of the day of work and take off their suit and change into something more comfortable. Unless you're a doctor and you wear pajamas to work, then you're already wearing your scrubs. Nebuch, there's nothing more comfortable to change into after work. But a person can't wait to take off the straitjacket and the tie and to disrobe of whatever is constricting them. So Rabbi Nachman writes, in the world to come, he can't wait to take off the garment that is the body. And for the soul to no longer be constricted and restrained by that body that is the garment of the soul. So this notion that the soul is everlasting and immortal, that people don't die, bodies die. That we bury bodies, we don't bury people. That it's not death, it's the Yisiyas and Neshama. And the more of a tzaddik we are, the more we identify with our soul, the greater the moment of bliss. It's an ashika, it's a kiss of death. All of that, we're supposed to think about This whole second bracha, the gvura of Hashem, is a admission or a... a affirmation, I should say, of the immortality of the soul of of resurrection, of our belief in the world to come, which begs the question, if it's so important, it makes its way into the second bracha of the Amida, three times a day, sometimes more, why doesn't the Torah talk about it? Not my question, the Rishonim are already bothered. Why doesn't the Torah in Chumash, doesn't describe Olam Haba, doesn't describe the immortality of the Neshama, the whole little shtickle I just said is not, it's not in Chumash. If it's so core and critical, if it's the last of the Rambam's Yud Gimel Ikarim, the 13th principle is the person has to believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. So why isn't it included in the Torah? Maybe we'll continue with that next time.